Built from the Ground Up Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Neary. Thanks for joining me. All right. Well, it's been a long time. I haven't recorded a podcast in months. Why is that? Well, because I didn't make the time. I had the time, but I didn't make it. When fall rolls around in the chimney business, you know, we uh, we get to work more so than before this time period, and uh, things get a little crazy. So it's now December, almost the end of December, um, still kind of crazy. I have a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to try to get through what I can and hopefully it's not all over the place. Just a little bit of some uh, things going on. We've got, uh, since the last one, I'm not sure where we were um, crew-wise, but right now we've got um, four technicians. Well, there's two technicians and two technician apprentices uh, right now. And um, things are going pretty well. We have an office person still, the same one. Also, we moved into a new shop. It's not the biggest shop in the world, and it doesn't have all the amenities of a shop that I would like, but it's way better than my home garage. And we have racks with stuff on them, and we have a place to keep our equipment. We have a place to park the vehicles. We have a dumpster. So it's really way better than it was. It's it's a big step forward for us in that area. We're, we're starting to see some, some real improvement with some of the guys. They're, they're making some quick advancement now, and things are, are starting to come together. Um, so I'm, I'm impressed. I'm actually um, very proud of, of what's, what's been going on. I know, know that uh, for myself it was very hard to start to let go, and once I let go... Uh, that's when people started to shine. So just as a side point to what we'll be talking about, this is uh, just some intro stuff of what's been going on. You have to let go. You have to let people just, once you give them the tools they need and the knowledge they need, uh, let them let them try it. Now, one of the things I learned is you have to let people make mistakes. So I, I used to think, well, I've got to teach everyone everything. I need to be on all these jobs and going through them and helping everyone along the way that's how they're going to get the experience well when i teach someone something yeah they're going to learn it but when they learn it on their own because of of a mistake or finding a problem and and overcoming it and working through it with the knowledge they've already acquired they learn so much more and I, i think it sticks way better it really does so don't be afraid. If you've got employees, don't be afraid to let them make mistakes and work through it. Expect the mistakes. Just try to provide them with the tools they need to not make mistakes that are not something that can be fixed. So like if it's minor, yeah, we'll, we'll just fix it. We'll, but if, it's, if they're going to make mistakes that are going to be a huge issue for a customer, don't, don't let that happen. Try to train them first through that. But you know, installing a liner, things getting stuck, whatever. Let them work through it. Flue break, you know, the mortared ones, mortared in tiles. Let them work through it. Um, let them figure out how how it's going to take a bit longer, and you know the, the 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 process involved there. 
They'll learn so much more. And then when they're, you know, moving forward and, and finding uh, jobs to do and, and helping customers out, they're going to know now what they're seeing and say, well, this probably is going to be this way and it's going to take this much more work. And let them let them get that experience so that they can they can work through these jobs. And, and if they're in a position where they're um, giving people estimates and closing jobs and whatnot, let them understand the process fully. So that that's what's been helping us. Um, some things that we recently did, about a month ago, we had a company dinner, went to uh, a Japanese hibachi, and then did some stuff afterwards. So that was nice. And we I didn't really talk about work there. I, I was thinking, well, let's bring out some work things and use this as an opportunity. I think it was better to just let everyone not think about work for the evening and and enjoy themselves a little bit. So that worked out pretty good, I think. Um, so what I want to talk about are the the things that I've put in place up to this point and kind of just step through it pretty quickly because I remember starting out, I had a lot of question about how things were going to go. When do I do this step? How is this going to work? How am I going to find these people? What do I look for? How long is it going to take to, to, to train them? You know, it, it's one of these things you kind of just have to work through. Um, and I've learned you can't rush it either. Don't rush the process. Um, that's something I've learned by making the mistakes. And just let it happen. Do, do it. Have a plan, but let it happen in its own time, in its own way. But but have that roadmap ready. And be able to adjust. Okay, so let's get on like a little bit of a, of a um, outline here. So the first thing, this is how it worked. I was a one-man band. So my question is, all right, I'm, I'm on my own. I kind of wanted to be that way, a one-man band with a helper. Because it just, it seemed easier. I had already been part of, you know, company with employees and all that. And, the, and go back and listen to other podcasts of why I started this. But it was one-man band. My wife was going to help me. I thought I could, I could do it that way. Well, things changed. Uh, wife was not in a position to, to really help me anymore. So now I've got to get a helper. What do I do? Well, you just have to ask around. You, you don't have a company necessarily that can, if you're just starting out, that has all this stuff that you can prove that you're a great company to work with because you're just a guy. You're a guy with a van and a, or a truck at the time. I mean, that's a side story. Trucks stink for chimney work. <laughs> But uh, you need to get a helper. So how did I do that? Well, I just started asking around. And I found one. So at the time, I called it a helper. And don't, don't really do that. Don't start out that way. But it's kind of how it always happens. Oh, I need a helper. And then what you do is you treat that person as a helper. Go get me this. Go get me that. And, you know, I tried to train. But it was like, yeah, this is my helper. And, and mentally. And I didn't do that for long, though. It, it was something that was only a short time that I thought of it that way. So you've got a helper. You've got an assistant. You've got an apprentice. All right, now it's time. How do I get calls to come in? 
well, that's that's a good question. It's hard to know what to do. All the markets in the country are different. Well, here's what I did. I started on Home Advisor. Now, the Home Advisor makes me cringe, and it makes a lot of people cringe. But I found that it was good to start with. So it's a good way to know what you're going to spend and say, all right, I'm willing to spend X amount. I'm going to get targeted leads. So what that happened, what happens with that is you, you pay them a fee. It's a yearly fee. And then on top of that per lead, they just, they just send you whatever. Now, what I found is the, the vast majority of those leads that I got once, you know, you, you have to talk to a human to get this set up. Um, the leads they sent in were actually pretty good. But here's the kicker. You have to be fast. So as soon as a lead comes in, you've got to contact that person. You need to make a phone call. What I would do is send them a text message through the app and also try calling them, getting my voice on their, their answering machine. Most of the time people didn't answer, but at least, and then tell them who you are. Get your company name there in their, in their voicemail. Uh, send them a text. Stay on it. Um, but you've got to be the, one of the first people they, they uh, hear back from. That is what got me rolling right at the beginning. That's all I did was use HomeAdvisor. You can easily get rocking and rolling with, with the business doing chimneys with HomeAdvisor. I don't use it anymore because it just didn't work out that way. Um, but I probably used it for about six, month, six months. You can run Google ads, but I'm going to tell you right now, you need to know what you're doing, which means talking to a Google advisor because Google ads is actually very complicated. I used to run it back in the day, and it was not nearly as hard as it is now to get. It's just very tricky to understand, and you can easily spend way too much money like in a very short time. Clicks in the busy season can end up costing you $15 a click if you don't have it set up right. Um, now here's a huge one. This, this really helped our business. Um, reach out to your competitors. Why in the world would you do that? Because you don't need enemies out there. So like if you, if you have competitors that you know are out there, or maybe you were in another business, now you started your own. Um, so just try to talk to them, say, Hey, I'm a new business. Um, if there's any, and, and offer yourself up as, as help. If there's anything you ever need, don't hesitate to, con whatever, whatever you have to do, just, just strike up a conversation, be friends with your competitors if you can. Some, now this doesn't always work. The reason I say this is because, um, one of uh, the other chimney sweeps in our area sends us tons of work on things that he doesn't want to do. He doesn't have time for, um, we get the vast majority of the calls that he gets for wood wood applications. So wood stoves, fireplaces, um, that we get a ton of them. So that's a huge part of our business. We're we're the stove people, we're the fireplace people. And then as as that happened, word of mouth, uh, those customers when you do a good job start telling all their friends. And so it just it's a process that happens. It evolves it it it's interesting and so like with chimneys you'll just if you're just starting out you'll see this and you know if you've been in business now you know how it works it just 
just happens. But you have to do something. You can't just put up a website and sit there and think people are going to call you. It doesn't work. Um, we don't do much advertising up to this, haven't done much up to this point. Um, we have in our area, there's restaurants with placemats. Um, we have ads on the placemats um, from a company that just, you know, gives free placemats to restaurants and there's ads all over them. Now, I did that right before the pandemic started. I probably wouldn't have done that now, um, but it's before every th- the restaurants were all closing. That we get business from. So that's another, you know, just think about different ways. Um, so that's that's how the little bit of the process of what got us to where we are now. Um, now, point number three. It takes money to get started professionally. I used to be under the impression that, okay, all I need is a ladder, a truck, a vacuum of any kind, a few rods, brushes, and we're ready to rock and roll. Nope. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. If you want to do a good job, you really need to use the tools of the trade, and it costs a bunch of money. Uh, there's an investment. So that's, you know, we invested in tools. I might spend more than I should on tools, but I try not to buy tools until we absolutely need them, which also creates issues for me because I'll be like, all right, well, I don't need it just yet. And then all the, the all of a sudden we need it and we don't have it. And then that creates problems or we can't get it. You can't get it fast enough. So now we find another way and you mess something up. So there are so many tools that are helpful. One of the tools I find very helpful is a brick saw. It's very expensive. But what I did is I found one used. I forget the uh, Arbortech. Is that the name? I think so. I found one used on eBay. Saved a ton of money. We don't use it all the time, but when we do use it, it's awesome and it saves a lot of time. If you don't have one, don't know what it is, look it up. They don't work in all cases. It, it's basically for cutting out bricks. Um, if if the mortar's too hard, it, they don't really work great. But it's awesome for for just like um, removing a brick or two out of a chimney and not making a big mess and not sending dust everywhere and just surgically removing a few bricks. It's, it works great. Um, lots of other tools. I won't get into tools now. That Maybe we'll talk about a bunch of tools in another podcast because I love tools, as most of us do. <laughs> so then I – okay. Finding employees. So now what happens is, all right, you have a helper. And if you are if you want to go beyond that, um, you need to find other employees. Now, here's the thing. If you have a helper, they're not, don't call them a helper, please. It doesn't, it doesn't help. <laughs> it doesn't help anyone. Um, give them a position, give them a clear path for growth, all that. That's another topic too. Um, you have to always have people being trained. Yeah, but I don't have enough work. Well, that get more work because you should always have someone. So here's kind of how it happened. Uh, it was me and and my first hire. Then I was like, all right, I got to get some more people. Well, how do you do it? All right, well, you need to make sure that hire number one is trained enough that they can train someone else. So I wasn't quite there. So what took place is now I've got two guys and myself. I, I found the other guy. Um, and, and what will happen is we didn't have to, like, search through resumes. This was a friend of employee one who was 
related to one of my first people that helped me in office work. So like it's, it everyone's connected in our company at this point. And that's awesome to me because we didn't have to go searching really hard for people. We found good people first and then got them the skills they needed. I'd, I'm all about at this point finding good people and, and teaching them what they need to know. Um, because when you find people with the skills, generally they have their own way of doing things and uh, they might not really mesh with your culture or you're not going to find someone with the skills because they have the skills, they're already doing it and they're not going to come work for you. So that's something um, to think about. So finding employees, I, I call it an, an organic process. It's It just like happens. <laughs> I didn't, I search for people with resumes and Indeed and all that and that's not how I ended up hiring who we have. So we have two, um, currently, again, four techs, and one office person. So there's five and myself. Um, so, okay, I had one tech, got another one, but what do I do with him? Cause I can't, he's, the other tech's not ready to be on his own. Well, I just went, there was three of us. Um, or, you know, part-time was also helpful for those guys because I would just go with each one and do some training until they were ready to be without me. And, it just happens. Good training, you know, getting certified is step one. It doesn't mean they're ready for everything by any means, but they've got a good basis. Um, so now they go together. Now they're both, uh, employee one had more experience. So, you know, between myself and employee number one, or as we call them, good boy one, they have nicknames, good boy one and two. Because I would always say um, when they did something good, okay, that's that's a good boy. Anyway, so that turned into a thing. Um, now they're ready to go alone with each other. Then, all right, it's time for another. They, they're certified. They're, they've moved up from apprentice to technicians. They're not quite lead technicians yet, but there's things they can handle most things without me. Um, now we get another person. So it's hard if everybody's full time. And I know that we, I have a lot, most everybody kind of does part time almost full-time, but most it's basically part-time. And it works where things were alternating and there was enough work to have people out there doing work every day. But with three guys, I didn't have to be out there all the time and it was working with three guys. So you have to feel your way through that. But it's, it's it comes down to basically having someone in the queue ready to move up to the next step at all times. You always have to be looking for people and you always have to have someone coming up uh, through the training process. Yeah, but I don't have enough work for that. Well, you will if you go back and do the advertising and do good or just do good work, you're going to get um, word of mouth. Now, it really helped being that uh, the guys wanted part-time, three days, four days a week when it's busy. A lot of guys will say, that's crazy. You're not going to make any money that way. You got a full-time go, 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 go. Well, it's working for us. And people, I, I don't mind. I don't, I don't want people burning themselves out 40, 60 hours a week doing this. If the way our work was, we have steady work. Everyone's working the, the hours they want when we're, make, we're making money. So I'm fine with it. And 
it just kind of happened. Everybody came on when we needed them to. Yeah, there's times when it's, all right, I'm going to send these guys and there's three of us. But I always looked at it as it's training. This is training. Every job is training, 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 um, which you have to be able to understand that you, you're not going to always be making money on that appointment, which kind of contradicts something I, I'm probably going to talk about later. But you have to view it as, all right, I'm not making profit here, but I'm spend, so I'm spending money on training. You're, you're going to spend money on training anyway. So come up with something that works um, for that. And don't always view everything as, well, I got to make money. I got to make money. You have to invest money in your people and train them. And that costs money. So try to, f try to come up with a way that works for you. Okay. So that's a little bit about the process, how that worked. And, and you'll have to work through like, okay, it's time to add another truck. So I have two vehicles. They're not always both out every day, but they're both now stocked with everything that's needed. The, the truck has all the inspection gear it needs, the safety gear for climbing, all that. So does the van. The van has a little bit more stuff on it um, to actually do projects, work, jobs. But the truck is fully capable. Now, trucks stink for chimney work, but we're making it work. Now, I just brought got another vehicle. We call it the baby van. It's a Ford Transit Connect. It's tiny. It's got no power whatsoever. I'm going to be mixing that into the group soon um, and switching over the things that are in the truck over into the baby van. That's going to be our service inspection vehicle. And then the truck is going to be converted into a job vehicle. So it won't necessarily have all the expensive gear, which like the cameras and all that stuff, which are crazy expensive, but you need them. That's another topic. But, so you kind of have to feel your way through it. But what I recommend is don't go and buy everything you need and then let it sit. So you have to like be willing to put up with some pain to work through what you're going to need. There's, uh, I don't know if you can hear that, but the heating system when it expands the pipes in the wall, they make noise. I just moved into a new place and they make a bunch of noise. So <laughs> anyway, all right. So baby van that's next. So now phase two of business building, um, I'm reduced in the field. I don't go out in the field as much anymore, which is pretty awesome. I do go on jobs and carry blocks up on roofs sometimes but we're moving into phase two where I'm not needed on jobs as much. Um, just yesterday, um, a job was completed on a fireplace. I wasn't there at all. I didn't see it for the inspection. I mean, I review every report and I, I look at every job and what's needed and I order all the materials and I make sure of sizing and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm watching over every job, but I'm not actually there anymore for everything. It all depends. Like there's certain things I've got to be. Um, but soon I'm hoping to, to send guys to the, to a masonry school four day. And then, then they're going to know more than I do, uh, and hopefully be better than me. So that's all part of the process. So I'm trying to be in the office doing the things that are super important at this phase that if I don't get a, a hold of them, we're going to 
be losing money, which I, when I say losing money, there's things that I'm spending money on that I don't necessarily need to. So I'm working through those. I, I view it as every dollar I save is worth $100 earned. Well, maybe $10 saved is worth $100 earned. So think about that. I saw that someone mentioned that on Facebook, one of the groups, and it makes a lot of sense if you really think about it. So don't don't overspend on things. That's one of my pieces of advice. When you're seeing money come in, it's easy to just spend, spend, spend. Go the profit first route. Go back to my other podcasts that I talk about that. Super important. Um, now, one of the things that I will bring up at this point, I got myself into some trouble. Um, material costs are super high. They're only going up. Um, at one point, it was easy because we didn't have that many jobs going on. So I was able to be just get the deposit for a job, order the materials, take that money, send it right off to the vendor or however I was paying that with the card or whatever. And everything was just equaling out real fast. And whatever money we had, didn't owe anybody anything, very easy. Well, when you start doing a bunch of jobs and getting a bunch of deposits and all this stuff and cash flow, but you've still got to do make payroll, you've still got to pay for fuel, all this stuff, you get into a cash flow issue where you might not spend or send the money to your vendors or if you're paying them and keeping them on time, you're putting it on a credit card and you might not always pay it right away and then you start to get things building up. It happens, trust me. It doesn't matter that you have a ton of income. You very easily end up using that income at that point in time for something else and now it's time to pay the bill and you don't have it so you push it off and it it will happen. So one of the things that uh, Profit First says is allocate money to different bank accounts. So what I started doing is every a percentage of every dollar that you know goes to different accounts, payroll, all the stuff. Well, I wasn't. I was putting all of, you know bill paying vendor stuff and our material costs into an operating expense account. Well, I was using it for other things first before using it for paying for materials. So I'm always in catch-up mode, and and it's it's not a it's not a a one-to-one thing. Okay, there's money paid. It's just annoying. So what I did is I created another account for my um, material expenses. So a, a large percentage, to be rather to be you know being safe than sorry, goes uh, of every dollar goes to my account to pay for materials. Um, there's probably other ways of doing it, but it's harder. And tracking it and staying on top of it is too difficult. But if you just do it this way, a percentage of every dollar that comes in is allocated for materials, you'll be ahead of the game. Now, if you end up with more money in that account than you have for materials, great. You're ready for the you're ready for the next set of materials you have to buy. There's money there, so it works out. Um, so that's a little side point of something I've come across in this phase of business. Now, um, point seven. Now that my techs one and two handle inspections and get estimates done, and they're fully capable of doing what I was doing, things are growing a lot better. I was a bottleneck for a while, so I had my techs out there qualified to do inspections. They took inspection courses. They use our inspection software that that I custom built, which is awesome. But I think anyway, um, and they you know got certified. Whatever, the, I, they're qualified. Um, 
I was still filtering all those reports through me before I was sending the reports to the customer. I was doing all the estimates. I was the customer interaction at that point. It was stupid. I was a huge bottleneck. It was a problem and it was a lot of work. Now, now they do it. Oh, I got to hit the sneeze button. There's a button for sneezing. Okay, so now they handle all that. And um, I don't even see, you know, they, they, they go, they, they get estimates approved, and they handle the jobs, and I can do other things. Um, now, they do get commission on top of their, their pay. It's, you know, they can go straight commission. We're not ready for that just yet. So it's working out. They get a percentage of what's left after we pay for everything on the job. So my scheduling software, I keep track of all the costs for every job, the hours spent on the job. That all gets subtracted. Whatever's left, they get a percentage of that um, as commission. Then I run every once in a while, like uh, we're doing in December. I said, all right, everyone who gets a deposit the same day on jobs gets an extra 50 bucks for each one. And then whoever wins gets something else special at the end. So what did that do? It immediately got people thinking, well, let's rather than just giving an estimate and hoping for the best, let's get that, let's get them agreed. Now we're not selling things people don't need. We're showing them what they need. They agree. And we're saying, here's what it takes to fix it. And here's how much deposit today gets you on our schedule. We're a few weeks out. Materials are taking a while to get, but if you, you put your deposit now, we'll get things rolling sooner and then you know get the job done sooner. No pressure, but it works. So keep that in mind. That's something I've learned. And get yourself out of there as a bottleneck. Don't be a control freak. Let people do things. Train them, get them what they need, and let them go. They'll take off. All right, point number eight that I have here. Slow growth at this point, focusing on keeping expenses down and increasing efficiency and our ability to get jobs scheduled and done with minimal delay. So that's what we're I'm focusing on. Um, I, I won't say we grew fast, but I was making some quick advancements. Now, at this point, I think I want to push the team to its limit. Sounds that sounds no, uh, you know, a little rough maybe, but we have the capacity to do so much more with what we have, and now's the now we're going to do it. Let's let's get as many jobs as possible. Let's get them done, and let's get them done as fast as we can, as far as turnaround time. Um, it's time to hone our our skills, be more efficient. Cut costs. I want to cut costs. So. I think we can do it. So we, we did this year, um, we doubled our, our income, but also the expenses doubled from the previous year. And, I, and I've, I've gone through them, and there's a lot of stuff that's like, well, I, there's no other way to do it. Now, I spent too much on tools because I got a second vehicle fully equipped. So that was a huge hit. But... There are so many little things now that I can I can chisel off of there and getting us more efficient and getting more jobs. We're we're kind of 
We go at a pace that's not backbreaking, but we need to just pick it up a little bit. And I think everyone could stay sane, but we can make a lot more money. And be, you know, it's not about what you bring in; it's about what you keep. So uh, that's going to be my focus. And part of that's going to be now on actually advertising for real, getting more of the jobs that we want, the types that we're looking for. There's obviously jobs that are more profitable than others. Um, so that's what we're going to focus on. And premium products for premium customers, that's our, our, our mentality. Um, now, one thing that I've been having to deal with is, you know, and everybody deals with this. I don't care what supplier you're using. There's, there's pretty long turnaround times on things, um, at least custom things. And one of the, we use a, a fireplace um, product um, for um, fireplaces that aren't, that have wood in them. What I won't name names, but because it's, well, I will, Aaron Fire. It's a great product. We love it. But, you know, one of the things we had to deal with was long turnaround time. And the one that we have to do right now, the customer started to get irritated because we finished most of the job. There's a bunch there. Put a wood stove in, two flues, same chimney, had to deal with it, you know, flue break, all that stuff. Um, nice multi-flue cap. We got all that stuff done. It was a little bit of a process. They don't live there. They're trying, you know, they're remodeling it. We didn't communicate very well, and that's something we're going to work on. We didn't really let them know that this is going to take a while. We, we kind of mentioned it, but I guess they didn't get it. Um, so the last phase of the product project with, it was the Aaron Fire, and it just took forever to get. We just got it today. And, um, you know, they got kind of upset, which I understand. But you need to, what I've learned from that is you need to, to let your customers know ahead of time. Things are slow. It's whatever, whatever reason, I don't care. It is what it is. Just we have to communicate that better so we don't annoy people. Um, they thought we were going to be done with the whole thing in a day. Well, we had to rip out a metal firebox. We had to flu break, mortared in flues. You know, it, it takes time. And I understand their frustration because they had to keep coming from their other home to, to this place. Um, so... Yeah, I learned a lot from that. We only learned, we really just learned from our mistakes. I've never learned anything from a success. I've, we only learned from what we mess up. So those are a few things I wanted to talk about to, to get um, an overview of where we're at. It's frustrating still at times. Like today there was <laughs> a very frustrating thing happened, but it's, you know, it's a mistake. I'll talk about it real quick. If you have a diesel vehicle, um, you can't put gas in it. And I was worried that that would happen. It's just a, an accident. You know, sometimes we're not paying attention. We just do stuff, whatever. So that happened. I did, uh, you know, an employee did it. But what are you going to do? Fortunately, he realized and stopped pumping it and then didn't start it and got in touch with me. So, I mean, that, that's a, a win right there. And so we had to get it on a rollback, and it's a 10-foot-high vehicle. And on a rollback, it becomes 13-foot-5 inches. Apparently, you can't go past 13-foot-6 inches. <laughs> but um, got it brought up to the mechanic. You know, it's getting dealt with. Now, I try to look at the positives. So 
as a positive, okay, this annoying thing happened and I try not, you know, we don't, what, what is getting upset? Well, I get, you get upset, but what is taking that out on someone going to do? Nothing. It's going to just make your employee aggravated more, be up more upset. They already know they did something that caused an issue. So they're upset about it. If you yell at someone, what good is that going to do? Um, it doesn't do anything. So, I, you know, let it roll. If, if money can solve it, it's not really a problem. So money solved it. Got a toad, paid guy money. He's going to empty the gasoline out of the tank. And it's going to, it, it could have been worse. If the car was, or the, the van was run like that, it could have cost $5,000 to fix it. Um, so one of the, I try to look at the positives and things now. So one of the positives, I, I went down and brought another vehicle to the guys and, and met the, the tow truck guy. And, and he's like, oh, I'm, I need some, my chimney looked at. So, you know, we might get an appointment out of that. It might be a job out of that. He described it. Sounds like he needs some work done. So I'll just, you know, I look at this as it's an advertising expense. I, I spend money on Google and whatever and don't always get a return out of it. This, you know, costs a couple hundred bucks to get it towed and whatever, an advertising cost. So it's all about how you look at things. I, I tend to get worked up very easily. It's my nature, but I'm learning to be more patient and realize that if I can throw money at a problem, it's not a problem. It could be worse. You know, it's, it's not the, the, the van getting gasoline put in it when it needs diesel is not that important in the grand scheme of things. We'll, we'll get through that and deal with it. It's all part of business. Um, and then at this, you know, the employee did it. He goes out, does his job the rest of the day, comes back with, with jobs. So what are you going to do? Everyone makes mistakes. I And it's funny because I actually thought about just the other day I filled up that vehicle with diesel and I said, man, I can't believe that we haven't had anyone put gas in this thing yet because it's easy to do if you're not thinking, if we're so used to just going to the gas pump. Um and then it happened. So I probably am the reason why it happened because I thought about that. Anyway, that will do it for today. Um, I'll get into some more specifics, I guess. I, I mean, I'm not the Mark Stoner of pod podcasts or, or Chad Murray. I, I don't have all the experience yet and all these topics to just go through and say, do this, do that, do that. I'm going through it as it's happening and trying to relate it to maybe save you some time and aggravation um, in real time. So anyway, thanks for listening. I appreciate the feedback I get. People reach out to me from time to time and say, thank you. That makes it worth it because somebody's at least listening and, um, and it seems to be helping at least a few people. So that's, that's good. And that's the whole point of this. So anyway, have a good night, a good day, whatever it is, be careful out there. And, um, remember, there's more important things than work. Keep that in mind and, and things will be less stressful, I think. All right. Adios.